0: So we ought not to ever get to a place where we praise doubt, we glorify it, we act as if there's nothing negative about it or dangerous about it. It's not a good thing for us to doubt the words of God. From Walking in Grace,
1: this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Welcome again to the Straight Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Philpot, and as always, I'm joined by Pastor Richard Caldwell of Founders Baptist Church. Now, in this podcast, we are seeking to answer any question you might have about doctrine, faith, practice, Bible verses, and the like. Now, if you're watching this podcast from YouTube or maybe listening on your favorite podcast app, we would love to hear from you and interact with the sort of questions you might have for Pastor Richard. The easiest way to get a question to us is by leaving a comment below the video or by going to our website and submitting a question. Our website is straighttruth.net. Now, at that website, you can find links to all of our previous episodes, as well as merchandise and contact information. With that, let's get to the question for this episode. Well, our question for this episode has to do with doubting faith. So if Christianity is the ultimate truth, then why are
0: Christians so often questioning their faith or doubting what they truly believe? So we're, we're talking about Christians doubting what they believe? Yes. One of the reasons we, I mean, a couple of reasons we doubt. One, we have an enemy of our soul, Satan, and he, he encourages doubt. Hmm. He, Uh, Go back to the very first sin, and what is he doing? He's casting doubt on not only the words of God, but the goodness of God. And so we have an enemy who is at work in the world, in the world system, who does that? He he encourages doubt. Another explanation is the flesh, our sinfulness. There's a part of us that that belongs to our our unregenerate condition, unredeemed humanity, and, and that indwelling sin finds it difficult to believe the words of God. So we have that bat- an internal battle that we face with sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So sin doesn't cooperate with faith. Mm-hmm. Sin uh, opposes faith. So we have that battle. Also, just from the standpoint of, of not necessarily sinful, just the smallness of, of our being as human beings. We, we find what God promises sometimes to seem beyond reality. And, and just the smallness of, of our constitution makes it difficult sometimes to believe God. I think a passage that brings all these sorts of things into, into picture, Mark chapter nine, verse 17 says, and someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. And of course, the Lord goes on to heal the boy and to cast the demon out. Mm -hmm. Man, gathered up in that one passage is, is a whole host of things to take note of. One, Jesus never encourages doubt or acts as if it's neutral. Mm-hmm. Oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? And So he, he actually rebukes their lack of faith. So we ought not to ever get to a place where we praise doubt. We glorify it. We act as if there's nothing negative about it or dangerous about it. It's not a good thing for us to doubt the words of God. So we need to encourage faith in one another and never take doubt as sort of a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm demonstrating my humility because I, I struggle so much to believe. People
1: say that all the time nowadays.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's not true and it's a dangerous thing. So there, there's that aspect of it. At the same time, he has compassion when it comes to this man's lack of faith. Mm-hmm. I believe, help my unbelief and the Lord Jesus does just that because now demonstrated for this man is, is Christ's power and authority. The demon is cast out. His son is healed. If the man struggled to believe before, he's not struggling to believe afterward. He has just seen it with his own eyes. So the Lord doesn't refuse to help this boy because of the lack of faith in the part of his father. There's a whole other discussion there about how we understand faith and healing and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Christ does what Christ determined to do. And it wasn't determined by this man's faith because obviously he was lacking faith. And yet the Lord Jesus does this miracle anyway. So compassion. We we can know this, that when we struggle with doubts, our God is greater than our doubts. He's greater than our ability to believe him. He does things all the time that surpass our weakness in the realm of faith. That's encouraging to me. So I don't magnify my doubts. I don't act as if they don't matter. I I encourage myself to believe the Lord, but when I am struggling, I don't think that God is bound by my weakness. And some of that had to do probably with that man's just natural human weakness. He's never seen this before. His son has struggled his entire life. He's never seen seen his son well in recent days at least. Can he even envision the boy Mm -hmm. being free from this? Mm -hmm. It's, It's something he's never seen and the lord has compassion and now he sees what he had never seen before. Mm-hmm. So all of that that we just talked about, you know, satan's obviously involved in the scene. Oh. So the satanic opposition to what we would be called upon to believe, the smallness of our constitution, we've never seen this before, the weakness in the spiritual realm in our own faith and yet the greatness of Christ, the compassion of Christ, the grace and mercy of Christ that surpasses what we're mm-hmm. able to believe even as he encourages us mm-hmm. to believe. He does beyond what our capacity would have indicated he was able to do. So this is, this instance is about God,
1: or, or, or it's maybe doubting that God can actually um, uh,
0: do something in this situation. He can save yeah, this right, person, right. that sort of thing. What about doubting your own faith? Yeah, that's a good question. So sometimes our doubts are not tied to God as much as they're tied to us. Mm-hmm. I've I've talked to people like this. I don't have any doubt that Jesus of Nazareth existed, that he was the son of God, that he lived and died and was raised from the dead. I believe all those things. Mm -hmm. I doubt my place in this story. I doubt that I belong to him. What do I do with my own doubts? And what we do with those doubts is we take them to the word of God and we take hold of God's promises, which are, are not centered on us, but on Christ. I'm not saved by faith. Mm. I'm saved by Christ through faith. I mean, the Bible uses language about being saved by faith, but what it means in those instances is faith is the means by which I take hold of the Son of God. And uh, our Savior talked about even, even faith of a mustard seed. So it's not great faith that explains my embracing the Savior, it's just genuine faith. It's just genuine. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's small, sometimes it's very weak. But if it's there, it was the result of regeneration. It's there because Christ has done a work in my soul that enables me to see what I couldn't see before and mm-hmm. desire what I didn't desire before. So as Spurgeon talked about often, you know, the answer for us is to look away from ourselves mm-hmm. and to look to Christ. Now there are evidences given in the New Testament that our faith is genuine that have to do with our lives. But those evidences, manifest themselves as a person is looking to Christ. Hmm. So I would say, have you believed the biblical gospel? Do you desire the Lord Jesus? Do you love him? Do you want to serve him? Those are not natural Hmm. desires. Hmm. And so I would point people to what is actually supernatural in them Hmm. that they may be prone to forget or Hmm. not pay attention to, and then encourage them with those thoughts. And I would also encourage them you know How does Christ appeal to sinners when he's on earth? Follow me, mm-hmm. follow me. Mm-hmm. So that's my appeal to sinners today. Mm-hmm. Follow him. I think sometimes people envision a God who doesn't exist and that, that is a God who plays games with their minds and souls. So it's like, I really want Christ, I really desire him. I believe the gospel, but maybe I'm not elect. Maybe I'm not one of the chosen as, as though what God is doing is teasing people with the gospel when he doesn't really desire for them to come. That's not the picture we have of Christ in in the Old New Testaments. Hmm. Not the picture we have of, of the living God. He's a God who's willing to save. He's a God who's desiring that people would forsake their wickedness and be saved. Mm-hmm. So he's not playing games with people's souls like that. The offer is real, it's genuine, it's sincere. Come, all you who are Weary and heavy laden, Jesus said. I'll give you rest for your souls. That's a genuine invitation. So turn from your sins, look to Christ and be Mm -hmm. saved. Look and live, Mm -hmm. as Spurgeon would talk about. Look Mm -hmm. and live. God is more, he is more willing than sinners are Mm -hmm. to reconcile sinners to God through through himself. So come to Christ and live. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Straight
1: Truth. Now, we'd love for you to share this episode with friends and family and to subscribe. The easiest way to do that is by going to our website, straighttruth.net, and there you will find links to all of our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Now, Straight Truth is listener supported. If you'd like to find out ways to help us to continue to produce this podcast, again, you can find that at the website, straighttruth.net.